0: And I, I think that you can have freedom, even if you, you know, if you don't quite have direction, you don't quite know where you're going. It's certainly important to to make decisions that are gonna put you on a route where you are gonna have a secure future um and not just say, you know, I'll go wherever the wind takes me. But if you're if you're doing something that makes you happy, even if it's not on the conventional route that society defines for you. I think that that is uh, is excellence in the pursuit of excellence.
1: Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. Thanks for listening to
2: the show. We have another great, super cool, interesting guest today, Josh Esaluka. Josh works in enterprise sales, worked for a Series A startup, went to work for Amazon Web Services, and got hired back by the same equity firm due to his excellence to continue with his enterprise sales. He'll talk about what enterprise sales is. He'll talk about his definition of excellence, which is about freedom and self-empowerment. And he'll tell you exactly how to get that dream job. One of the great things about this show is Josh was bored in high school, didn't do that well. So if you're starting late on the path to excellence, Josh has the story of how to get there. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Josh, welcome to the Edge of Excellence and thank you so much for making time out of your busy schedule up there in Seattle, Washington to speak with our listeners today.
0: Thanks, Matt. I'm I'm excited to be here and happy to to spend some time with you.
2: Well, I'm happy to see you again. It's been a long, long time. And as you know, I spent a decade working with college kids, trying to help them find a path. That's what this uh, podcast came from. The average college student knows 25 jobs. We want to help them understand hundreds of jobs that are perfect for them, we're trying to avoid everybody going into law school because they don't know what else is out there. So I really appreciate you coming in today, talking about enterprise sales, talking about working and consulting with software, talking about what your definition of excellence is. And we're going to start with that, Josh. What is your definition of excellence?
0: Uh, that's a great question. And I I think that my definition of excellence has certainly changed over the years if you would have asked me a few years ago, it probably would have been doing something where I get to make a bunch of money and drive fast cars and, and do neat stuff. And uh, as I've grown older and, and been through different experiences, I, my, my definition of excellence has really shifted more towards just having personal freedoms and personal agency, uh, the ability to, to follow your own passions, whatever they may be, to be able to empower yourself by taking risks, whether that be in your career or in your personal life. And ultimately just being able to make your own decisions, uh, not being unduly influenced by others and having the confidence to uh, choose a route, even if it's a bit unconventional, unconventional, and, uh, and walk away from something that you know it's not right for you.
2: Interesting, and and I think I told you before. Every time I ask that question to anybody on the show, I always get a different answer. And yours, of course, is different than anybody else's. It seems like the result of excellence to me, though. You get your personal freedom because you were excellent, and therefore you get your personal freedom. Is it a result focus, or is there a process focus as well?
0: Well, I think it's I think it's all part of a process. The result uh, certainly would be freedom, but. It, it depends on how you define freedom. So some people might define freedom as having a bunch of money and being uh, financially free, but for others, freedom is very much a process, and it's in uh, defining and understanding that perhaps you don't need to have millions of dollars, or perhaps you don't need to have a, a, a big flashy office or those things to be free within yourself. It's it's the ability to Step away from the path of, you know, go to school, get the job that your teachers or parents or society wants you to have and to follow this route and and go to law school, like you said, or whatever that route is and and choose the thing that's right for you. So you can can achieve freedom while you're still working on your path to excellence, uh, because ultimately freedom is in uh, having confidence in the decisions that you're making and, and following things that make you happy, in my opinion.
2: All right. So it's excellence in the result of what you've done throughout your life to create this freedom. So if you're in high school, and you're not doing much and you're in college and you forget to get a job and you forget to get an internship and you get okay grades, you're later in life going to find yourself at a position where maybe you're not excellent. And in your definition, maybe you don't have freedom. Maybe you don't have Yourself empowered. Maybe you're not making the decisions, and that result is a result of leading a life of excellence to the point you're at today. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Um, and I, I think that you can have freedom, even if you you know if you don't quite have direction, you don't quite know where you're going. It's certainly important to to make decisions that are going to put you on a route where you are going to have a secure future. Um, And not just say, you know, I'll go wherever the wind takes me. But if you're if you're doing something that makes you happy, even if it's not on the conventional route that society defines for you, I think that that is uh, is excellence in the pursuit of excellence.
2: Okay, okay. So I have a buddy, uh, we call ourselves brothers from another mother. His name's Sanjay Kapoor. He's kind of a famous dude in India, used to be married to a famous movie star and is now married to a famous uh, retailer. And he taught me the philosophy of karma yoga, which is if you have clarity of intent, purity of heart, sincerity of action, trust and enjoy the process. And in his definition, there is no end result. It's just the process where you create excellence. And Sanjay, if you're listening right now, you need to come on the podcast. And if you're not listening right now, you should be listening right now. Yours is kind of a uh, a pairing of that. Um, I love it, and we're going to come back to it. But I want to get into your life and how you ended up working in a couple startups. How you ended up getting called back from the equity firm that you worked with originally to come back in because you're so excellent. How you ended up working at places like Amazon. So let's go way, way, way back in time to when you were in high school. What was life like? How'd you see yourself? How did you find this path to excellence?
0: It's a great, uh, good one. And if I, um, I think if you, if you met me in high school, you probably wouldn't expect me to be where I am now. (laughs) Um, In high school, I I didn't have a lot of direction, So maybe I I was that, uh, that person that you were describing earlier. I wasn't really, especially in my early years in high school, I I wasn't really planning on going to college. Um, I didn't have any plans of of getting some huge, uh, some, you know, big successful career or anything like that. Um, I liked playing sports. And I wasn't really challenged very much in my classes. I never had a huge problem with school. And I and when I had a class that interested me, I would get good grades in it, but I, I skipped a lot of class. Uh, I didn't like being told what to do, so you have to show up a math class at this time, you have to do this. And so because of that, my my GPA suffered. And it was only once I had actually found some direction through sports, and ultimately, being told that if you fail your classes, then you won't be able to play football, that I really started to to buckle down a little bit, and uh, and um, eventually went on to to college and, and played a little bit of football and, and rugby in college.
2: Wow! So that is such an important point, Josh, because there's someone listening right now that in high school everybody didn't believe in them. That in high school, you know, maybe they got good grades, maybe they didn't, but part of the reason they were having some struggles is they were just too smart. They're bored. I was one of those kids too, Josh. And I've mentioned this before, my father-in-law, I went to the same high school as my wife. We've known each other since we were in fifth grade. I've had every single Christmas and Thanksgiving with my in-laws, except for last year during COVID, since I was in 10th grade. So we kind of have an amazing History together. And my father in law, still to this day, and I'm almost 50 years old, still to this day, hears from people wait a second. Your daughter married Matt Stewart because a lot of people didn't have faith in me as well. I did have a friend (laughs) whose dad, Jed Rothstein, his dad, Marty, would always call me senator. And that fueled me. But for the most part, I was kind of a punk kid and people thought I wouldn't amount to anything. And I did. I was bored. I did bad things to create interest in myself. And if you're listening to the show right now and you know, you're smart and you know, you're on a path, but maybe your grades weren't that great in high school and you know, you got it in you. Maybe people didn't have faith in you. Well, join our club and it's never too late to start. You can start doing what uh, Josh has done today. If you didn't do it in the past, you can do it today. And it's such a wonderful thing to have some achievements in life to spite what people thought. I wish they believed in me. I wish they believed in you. Now they do, right, Josh? They believe in you now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I like to think so. And that's, and I think that's a great point, you know, uh, and 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 really that ties back into what I was saying about my the evolution of how I define excellence. For a lot of my time through college and even after college, my motivation was to spite those people who did not have faith in me <laughs> and those people who thought, you know, Josh is a is a funky, or you know he, he fails at this or, or whatever at that. And I thought, oh well, I just you know I'll get a better job, I'll make more money, I'll, I'll have a nicer car or whatever that is. And then I you know I got to a point where I did have a good job and I and I was living fairly comfortably and I and I had achieved a point that I had set out a goal for myself. And then I I realized I shouldn't be doing these things for them. I should be doing these things for myself. And I shouldn't be uh, dipping in to try and get flashy lifestyle to show it to other people. I should be doing it there, or I should be pursuing my goals and trying to achieve this, this freedom so that I can be ha- find happiness in myself. And I, and I think that that is really uh, ties back to to how I painted excellence for myself. Um, a lot of my drive came from those other people, but I really found a lot more fulfillment once I started pushing myself uh, in order to create a a, a better life for myself, if that all makes sense.
2: Well, it sounds very wise. It sounds very spiritual. Uh, Reminds me of the book, uh, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. You gotta let it go. You're not doing it for other people. You're doing it in your case to find your freedom, in your case to empower yourself, in your case to be able to make decisions for yourself. And once we let go of all that baggage from the past, We're set free. So congratulations. How did you let go of it, though? How did you let go of the baggage? Because someone's listening to this right now going, holy shit, Josh, I hate all these people. And that's what's motivating me. How do you go from anger and negativity as your motivation to freedom and empowerment and and freedom of decision as your motivation? How did you do that?
0: Well, you know, when I was in. Most of them might maybe my senior year in, in college, uh, I was looking at different career paths and I was trying to understand what would be a good route for myself. Something that I can do that would be challenging, but that also was uh, a good paying job that, that I would be able to move up the ladder quickly and be able to, to really feel as though I achieved success once I got there. And for me, what I identified that as was enterprise sales. Um, I thought it was a fantastic role. And uh, and that's what I set out as as the goal for myself. And it's not something that you just leave college and go right into that role. Um, you typically start in a more entry level position, and there's different levels. So you start working with smaller accounts, enterprise being you know large organizations, often Fortune five hundred. So you start working with with smaller companies, then middle size, and then working up to larger ones. And as I moved up in the ladder of my career, uh, I also you know, you begin to make more money. And so I'd buy flashier things. And I, would, you know, it was all still that mindset of like, oh, showing off, I want to do better than this person or better than that person. And, uh, and I got to a point where I hit that goal that I had once set out for myself. And I had all these nice things. and I, And then I was like, this isn't really doing anything for me, these, these flashy things that I have. And so I started to decouple myself from that, to stop spending my money on on material things um, and things to really show off to others. Now I drive a you know an old Honda with two hundred thousand miles on it, and uh, and I feel more free and I feel more fulfilled than I than I ever did with with uh, those those flashy toys that I that I once had.
2: And so, what was it that caused you to to let go of that? Look at me. To let go of, hey, I made it. Here's my symbol, and to bring it internally. Did you read a book? Did somebody talk to you? Did you just wake up one day and say, "Why am I doing it this way"? I mean, I think it was. I think it
0: was a combination of a lot of things. There was a few things that that tied into it. Certainly, you know, hitting a, a goal that I once had for myself, and and not feeling as if I was done. Uh, was a lot of it, but there was one book that really was quite impactful for me, and that book was Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, I'm sure that you're probably <laughs> a bit familiar with it. And and really, what I took from the book was the understanding that many people who have fancy things and flashy cars, they don't actually have the um, the financial security to back those things up, uh, and ultimately that I shouldn't be investing in materialism to impress others but i should be investing in my future so that i can have freedom like legitimate freedom for myself for at some point in the future being you know moving my retirement date up having a chance to be work optional and not do something uh just so that i can impress others for the rest of my life
2: Yeah, I actually have, I've met Rob Kiyosaki a couple of times from back in the day when I was global chairman of the Entrepreneurs Organization, had a few conversations with him, a super interesting guy. What I love about Robert Kiyosaki is he has no employees. All the things that he does are all licensed. So he does nothing and just gets a licensing fee. And I'm oversimplifying it. I'm sorry that I'm doing it. Very interesting guy and funny because uh, one of the dads was was a painter and I've spent my life, part of my life as a painter, so to speak. So I can relate to him. Uh, And uh, I've been the poor dad because I was the one with the bad money management. So I, I too have read that book. I too have gotten my kids into it. I have two different kids. One is like the rich dad. One is like the poor dad. Interesting. They're from the same family, same gene pool. Oh, well, that's great. I, I appreciate you sharing that book. And I also appreciate you sharing what exactly Enterprise Sales is because people don't know. They're listening to this podcast. They don't know what Enterprise Sales is. So you said it's selling to larger entities. So it's a bigger ticket item to a larger entity. It starts off, you're selling the small ticket item to a small entity for a company. And when you get really good at sales, they give you the big accounts with the big ticket items and you stay in the enterprise arena, whatever company you're in. So you went from Amazon or you went from a series A startup to Amazon back to another startup, all in enterprise sales, right? Yeah, that's right. That, and that's an interesting path. So the pathway started in high school, you're in high school, you're a little bit bored, but you're playing sports. Then you go to college you're a collegiate athlete. That looks good on a application. You started to develop some sales skills, and then you dove into software or tools to produce software. Why'd you pick tech?
0: I mean, tech was a was a pretty easy choice for me because software it's it's everywhere, right? It's the internet, and it's the it's the fastest growing industry uh, as well as the largest. So there's, there's plenty of jobs there. There's a huge demand, especially in sales. Uh, there's there's never any shortage of, of software sales jobs on the market. And it's it's something that is increasingly interesting because this is where most of the innovation in society comes from, is from different pieces of software. And so like I mentioned, I'm I'm someone that I like to be challenged when it comes to my work. And so having a tool that is complex and unique and constantly evolving is really exciting for me, Uh, much more exciting than, you know, selling something like a car or a hardware product or physical good.
2: And if you weren't excellent, you wouldn't get to choose to do enterprise sales. And if you weren't excellent, you wouldn't get to go into enterprise sales and software. But because, and back to your definition, because you have the personal freedom to follow your own passions, You get to go do something that's interesting to you, that you think has a lot of legs and will be here for your whole career. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So back back to college. So we get through high school. You're, You're barely making it, but somehow you get into a good school. You play in sports. How did you separate yourself in college? What was life like in college? And what was the process going from college right into these great jobs?
0: Well, you know, College Works was certainly really valuable for me. So uh, I, I worked with College Works for three years when I was in, school, in college, and actually, I, I painted for College Works when I was a, uh, a senior in high school that summer before college. So that was really the introduction into sales for me, and it was it, it, it touched on a lot of other skills, but sales was one of the big ones that I found that I was able to be successful in. And it gave me something to focus on, uh, you know, of course an athlete. And so it, it, um, it gave me that, uh, challenge for constant improvement and something to, to work on outside of school that really kept me engaged. So I did that until I was a a junior in college. I got decent grades in college, but, um, but nothing, you know, no 4.0 or anything like that. And so Really, what I did to to stand out when it came time to start looking for jobs, I knew just from looking around and from speaking to others that software was going to be right for me um and that I wanted to do sales. And so I started reaching out to companies, and I really, really wanted to get into uh, a large software organization i wanted to I wanted to work for some big ticket blue chip company to the point where I was look like Messaging people on LinkedIn that were in roles that I knew I wanted to be in, and I would ask them for advice. I would ask them, "How do I get a job there or an internship?" I even was down in Chicago one day. This is back when I lived in Wisconsin, and I I I walked into the offices of some of the companies I wanted to work for, and I just dropped off resumes. This is when I was a senior looking for an internship, and I and I really really wanted to do it, even even beyond like the the career fair at my school, or talking to the career counselors. I was doing everything I could to go above and beyond and like increase my presence on LinkedIn, make sure everything was up to date, make sure I had good experience and talk to to different careers and companies. And um the way I got my my first opportunity was I was reached out to by a recruiter um on linkedin, and uh, and she had a role that I could work part- time. As like an entry level salesperson setting meetings for uh, for the enterprise reps at a small startup, and so I actually did that in the last semester of my college year. Um, I was taking nineteen credits, I think, because I just wanted to finish up. And I and I was working uh, twenty hours a week, twenty five hours a week, making phone calls, uh, <laughs> trying to trying to set meetings, um, and, and basically doing a full time job's worth of work in 20 hours so, so that was my that was my entry and that transition into a full-time job and, and then i uh
2: i began my career from there that you know that's so great you made a job of getting a job you you made it a passion play right it made you made it fun so you're networking and uh, one of my guests nicole mcmacken on on one of our first podcasts says your net worth is your network well you didn't have a great network you had an okay network probably but you're out emailing people, texting people, calling people, what do I do to get the job? Uh, How do I get an interview? You're increasing your network, therefore your net worth. While you're trying to find your dream job, most people are sitting around waiting. You're going above and beyond. How you search for a job determines the caliber of your job. Are you excellent? Are you going above and beyond? in your search for a job out of college because you wouldn't have gotten the great job you had if you would have just taken the first job that came to you at a career fair, right? You had to do this extra work to end up in the place you are today, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think
0: I probably interviewed at at 20 or 30 different companies. A lot of them companies that perhaps weren't so great, but um, but just interviewing over and over, talking to as many people as possible and, and, and just that action in itself uh, helped me become better once I got the opportunity to interview for a company that I really wanted to get the job for. I felt a lot more confident because I had spoken to all these other companies. I felt uh, a lot more secure in what I had done and what I was saying because I had, I had tested it over
2: and over and over before. Right. On. How many times did you go to Cancun, by the way, when you were at College
0: CollegeWorks? Uh, every time, every year, <laughs> I think. Uh, so it must have been three times in Cancun.
2: You even went to Cancun after a year as a painter?
0: No, no, no. I, I uh, interned for a year, DM, and then GM. So I went, I went
2: each of those three years. Okay. I remember we had lots of good conversations down in Cancun. We did. We did. We had some good times down there.
1: Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of this show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com slash podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show.
2: So, Back to college. Some point in time, you're in high school or college, and you realize all those people that didn't believe in you were wrong. So, when did you figure out you were on the edge of excellence?
0: Oh man. Um, well, you know, I don't know uh, the edge of excellence. It, it's tough to say, right? But, but in terms of you know realizing the other people who didn't believe in me were wrong, I would say I. Even when I was in high school and I was failing out of my classes my freshman year, I knew that I was uh, capable of doing so much more than that and more than the expectations that people put on me. But I just didn't really feel the need to prove myself through the constraints that that had been put on me through you know succeeding in high school classes. I knew that if I had something that I really, really was passionate about and wanted to pursue, I could do it fully. And for me, that was enough. Once I got an understanding that college was something that I that I really should do, and that I should go get a job that I was excited about and that I enjoyed, that's when I really turned the burners on. But for me, I had the confidence all along in knowing that uh, once I found something that I was excited about, I'd be able to to uh, buckle down and get it done.
2: So you had that confidence all along. Uh, you weren't achieving that with your grades, but obviously, uh, you started to achieve that in sports. So is was sports, the turning point where you realize, Hey, I have it, or it was freshman year. You had it all along.
0: Well, yeah, sports definitely helped. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's a bit of both, right? I had, I had confidence in myself, but, um, seating in, a uh, a structure that I mean, for especially for a high school student, it's very set and dry, right? Like you have to go to these classes, you have to take the same curriculum at every school, um, you have to get good grades. It's like you put millions of different people who are all entirely different through the exact same structure and measure them on the same measurements of success. And so, um, for me, even though I knew that I would be able to succeed in something that I was was excited about. Um, I I did lack some confidence in in perhaps succeeding in that exact structure, but um, I think my freshman year, I I did real poorly. My GPA was like a 1.1 point something. It was was, was bad. Wow. (laughs) And then um, they um, basically told me, you know, you missed the first few games of the season because your grades are so poor. And so that that got me to buckle down a little bit. And even sophomore year, I, I didn't really have a plan for college, and then I started getting just like mailers, postcards, hey, you know, come play football at this school or, or take, out, take, take a look at this school, and that's when it really occurred to me, like, hmm, maybe I could still do this even though I had such a poor start, and uh, and I really buckled down, um, and I, I think my my last year, my last two years in high school, I, I did get um, like a three six and a three eight, so it was it was ultimately having the right motivation that uh, that pushed me in the right direction to to really start working hard.
2: Yeah. Like I said before, it's never too late. If you're listening and you had a poor start, it's never too late. I got to say, Josh, you're making me cringe. A couple times, I've had some butterflies come up in my stomach while you're talking. A couple times, I kind of felt a little nauseous. And it's when you start talking about school, because I'm just like you. I couldn't stand it. I could not stand having to do what they told me, show up at their time, study their stuff. I'll never forget my history class senior year. I had to make one of those shoebox dioramas. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm going to UC Santa Barbara and I'm making a shoebox diorama as my final exam for my history class my senior year. And I hated history because of it. And then I ended up getting a history degree because it was the process of that class that I hated but just, Oh God, I just, I just can't stand it. And there's people listening right now. They don't like it either, but I got to say this. And I tell everybody this, that little piece of paper on my wall, people are prejudiced against you. If you don't have it, would you have the job you have now had you not gotten the college diploma? No,
0: um, I wouldn't. And And I think that it's such an important piece and it's something that I resisted heavily because I knew that there was not a direct correlation of value between a college degree, like the actual education and success in whatever career path. Some some career paths, obviously, you need it. If you go be a doctor, you have to take the school. But uh, you have to go to, to school and, and take those classes. But um, for me, I resisted it for so long, which is why you know I, I had those uh, fluctuating fluctuating GPAs. I uh, guess to put it to put it nicely. But I realized when I was in college that. Society is going to be prejudiced against you if you don't have that degree. And it's like me, one individual, I'm not going to reshape society by protesting, by not going to classes. So what I did is I, I you know, I, I buckled down. I found a major that I actually enjoyed because I, I realized that even if I like, I don't, I don't need to study business and, and all and all these things that, that I didn't quite like just to go get a job in business. So I actually studied political science. I got an emphasis in sales, which, which obviously was helpful. But, but those were both things that I enjoyed quite a bit that allowed me to get good grades because I was excited about my classes. And I, I don't use the poli-sci other than you know arguing with my friends about, about, about politics. But I did something that, that allowed me to learn um, that I actually enjoyed, knowing that it wasn't gonna have a direct correlation with my career. But most definitely in all of the jobs that I interviewed for after college, there is, there was an expectation of a college degree uh, that was attached to it, and 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 I think it's going away, but um, but at least for now, it's uh, it's, it's definitely a requirement for, for most most jobs.
2: And it's not going to go away in the next ten years. So you're listening to this, you got to get it out. You got to get those diplomas. And uh, I have a poli sci degree as well, so I'm history and poli sci. Uh, I too love to debate politics with my friends, and most of them. <laughs> have a hard time doing it with me. Uh, I was going to be a lawyer. And and again, that's why I have this podcast. Everybody wants to be a lawyer because they don't know what else to do. Don't go be a dirty lawyer. Get your poli science history degree and go into tech. Get your uh, environment or your communications degree and go into something else. There's so many things out there besides three more years of law school and then you getting caught up as one of the dredges of society, leeching off the business people in the world with your law degree. Not that I hate all lawyers, I just hate all of them, but three. So thank you for sharing that and for giving me the opportunity to rant. I was hoping to be able to say that today. So what was it then? Was it just an eternal realization that you had to do it, you could get through it? Um, What was it that drove you to finish up college? And drove you to really kind of put all that effort into getting, getting these jobs. This realization that you could do it—you just went off and running. And what keeps you going now?
0: Well, you know, um, I chose a career that I—I I am excited about. Uh, I really, really enjoy consulting organizations on on technology. I think it's a lot of fun, and you get to work on really, really complex but exciting problems. So that's a good piece of it, and especially working in sales in tech there is a lot of freedom that you get along with the role so i'm not I'm not micromanaged in any job that I've had um, not all companies are like that but that's something that I is a big uh, prerequisite for me is um I, I get a lot of agency in my jobs and I get a lot of freedom to uh, put in the hours that I want as long as I'm producing the results now it is difficult a lot of your Success is dictated on on what you put in, and uh, and you are scored. You know, I do have a, a commission, and I and I'm expected to hit a certain quota. So that is a challenge that you don't face in a lot of other careers. But because of that, I get a lot of freedom along with it. Now, to answer your question more directly, of what was it that that made me push through it and and get it done? It really was. Um, I think I did four and a half years in college, um, and I was just like, I got I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to finish up. I, I got to get done and I got to start working on my career because I know it's going to be so much more exciting than this uh, and I'm and I'm not going to have any homework. So I, I did, I think three semesters in a row. I think the average average credits is like 15 or 16 credits a semester for college student. I did three semesters in a row of like 18, 19 and 21 credits, just because I knew I had to get done. I knew I had to grind, grind through it. And, uh, and the semester that I finished, I was so relieved And, uh, and it's been, it's been a lot more fun ever since then. So me too,
2: by the way, 18, 19, 21 credits. I can't believe how similar our paths are. I went for the extra semester that I had to pay for by myself because my parents only paid for college for four years, which I was very lucky they did that. But paying the last semester by myself was a little rough. And I too just had to get out of there. Did you have (laughs) nightmares afterwards? I still have nightmares all these years later that I didn't pass a class and I have to go back to Santa Barbara and finish the semester. (laughs) Do you ever have that?
0: No, I actually, (laughs) I haven't had that, but thankfully, thankfully I I was was done and I I washed my hands of it. Haven't looked back since.
2: (laughs) And that's because you found that internal peace that you found, Uh, it took me a little while to find it. Well, I have one last question and it's my favorite question. What sacrifices did you make that you will never regret and that you would encourage your young self to take?
0: That is a good one. Um, I think I would have to say time. I put in a lot of time as a college student specifically into different things to challenge myself. So I spent, obviously I spent a lot, lot of time working with college works and, and I had fun with it, but, but it definitely was a grind. I missed some parties as a college student, or I, you know, had to stay up late to work on homework because I was, you know, busy on the weekends. And um, and so I did put in a lot of time doing that. I put in a lot of time as a student, especially as a, as a junior, senior, putting in those extra credit hours. And then I put in time as a uh, as a early, in my early career, some of that still in college, working half-time while in school. And then of course, juggling, I uh, played football and, and rugby in college uh, while doing that. So I, I put in a lot of time and I, I certainly missed out on some things that, that college students have. Uh, you know, I missed out on some weekends or, or going to whatever this or that event, but I, I do look back and I, and I never regret that for a moment because the time that I put in and sacrificed upfront allowed me to have much more confidence and much more experience on my resume going into those first roles and uh and in my first job out of college in that sales position where i was setting meetings for other reps i already felt like i had five years of sales experience because i had worked part-time during school and i'd also worked with college works for four years uh selling and so i i already felt like i was four or five years ahead of my my peers and that alone gave me a lot of confidence to to keep pushing, to ask for promotions, and to, to really move faster uh, when it came to my career.
2: So the things that you did in life created confidence. Confidence is earned. You earned your confidence, right? That's right. Well... Uh you remind me of the marshmallow experiment. You know that experiment where they put a marshmallow in front of a kid and they say if you don't eat it, you can have a couple marshmallows later and half the kids eat the marshmallow immediately?
0: No, I've never heard of that.
2: Okay. I think about it often. Um <laughs> <laughs> I am raising kids. You're talking about spending 10 hours extra a week, 10 hours studying a week, 10 hours finding a job a week, 10 hours doing things other than going to every single party and every single event and every single music festival. You gotta sacrifice a couple of parties. You gotta sacrifice a couple of musicals. And let's say it's 10 hours a week times four years when you're in college, it's 2000 hours. That's one work year, one work year. These people are gonna work a hundred years. We're all gonna live for a long time. Nanobots, all the new technology. One year of sacrifice spread out over four years to change the rest of your life and build the confidence that Josh Esheluka has. Not a bad price to pay, I don't think. Well worth it. Yeah,
0: I'd say. I'm, I'm happy with uh, with where I got and I and I wouldn't change it.
2: I do want to suggest one flashy item, and I know you're not into flashy items <laughs> anymore. Actually, I I will suggest uh, the most important flashy item that you need to purchase, and that would be a specialized Levo mountain bike with a battery and with a (laughs) motor, because I know you love backcountry skiing. I love backcountry skiing. I know your life revolves around keeping those legs strong enough to do backcountry skiing, and I know you mountain bike, and I've done that for years. You can mountain bike and mountain bike and mountain bike, and you'll get those hamstrings really, really strong, but you need your quads, so I strongly recommend you break your uh pattern of not getting flashy things. You commit to an e-bike, you shun all those naysayers that don't like e-bikes because you'll be doing three times as much downhill, which means your quads will be three times as strong, which means you can mountain bike for you can ski for three times as long. So do I have your commitment that you're getting rid of your regular bike and you're getting an e-bike?
0: It's a it's a great uh it's a great close that you did there. You know, my frugality does not extend to my uh, outdoor gear collection. So that is that is the one place in my life that I, I find a lot of happiness from uh, from spending a bit more money on on some skis or a jacket or something like that. And so I, I'll have to take a look into it. I can't can't give you commitment right now, but uh, once you once you give me a call back in a week and <laughs> we'll see where we get. All
2: right. Well, just like you need the arcteric up there, because if you don't have it, you get too wet. You also need the e-bike. And Josh Saluka. if you're ever in Orange County, I want you to call me a week in advance. I will arrange an e-bike for you. I will be your personal guide on the trails of Laguna Beach and I will show you the light. That sounds awesome. Let's do it. All right, well, it's a pleasure seeing you. It's been such a long time, Josh. I've always enjoyed our conversations. Thank you so much for making time to be on the Edge of Excellence podcast. And I look forward to having you on again and witnessing your continued excellence and your continued growth. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me. Thank you.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.